It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast, recorded live at the spacious lineupmedia.fm studios in Edwardsville, Illinois. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref, you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome, everyone, for another episode of the Drop Podcast. Before we get into the Blues versus the Edmonton Oilers game, a game recap, let's go ahead and slide to a different topic, and that is the trade that finally happened between the St. Louis Blues and the Washington Capitals for Kevin Shattenkirk. There was talk all evening about it. We heard that uh, the Blues were trying to use the deal with uh, the Capitals against the Penguins and the Rangers, who all were very, very interested in Kevin Shattenkirk. And up until the last part of the evening, uh, Edmonton was still uh, interested in, in Kevin Shattenkirk. But the Capitals were the one to get him when the deal finally went down and was announced by the NHL late Monday night, the 27th. I'm going to break it down for you guys, and this is basically what the trade involves. Uh, the uh, the Capitals get Shattenkirk and former uh, Capital goalie Phoenix Copley, who was brought over in the Brower trade uh, for TJ Oshie. Uh, the Blues, shockingly, it, it just gets me. Uh, they retain almost 40% of Shattenkirk's $4.5 salary for the rest of the year. And, um, you know, I'm sure everybody's happy with it, the Blues uh, basically get a first-round pick in 2017. Zach Sanford, a uh, six-foot-four center who's played in 26 games for the Capitals this year, and I believe had two goals and assist. Brad Malone and conditional picks, and here's where it gets really dicey. Should the Capitals re-sign Shattenkirk to a contract, the or? the Capitals advance to the third round of this year's playoffs and Shattenkirk plays at least 50% of the playoffs games in the first two rounds, the Blues will receive the Capitals' second-round draft pick in 2019. But if the Capitals decide to trade Shattenkirk's rights before the trading dead on July 1st, the Blues will then receive the Caps' uh, next available seventh-round draft pick. Are you kidding me? But... If they do trading and the Caps receive a draft pick in return for Shattenkirk that is fourth rounder earlier, then in lieu of that next available seventh round draft pick, the Blues would get the Capitals' own next available draft pick two rounds later than the earliest draft pick received by the Caps in exchange for Shattenkirk. So in other words, if the Capitals trade him and get a first round pick, the Blues would end up getting a third round pick. So it's 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 just a mess. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are blaming Doug Armstrong for this. He take, he can take a little bit of blame for this. But in my mind, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, if he really cared for the Blues, uh, would have okayed the trade last year for Taylor Hall. Um, he could have went and played his last year out with Edmonton, seeing if he liked Edmonton, does a sign with them, or get traded by them at the trading deadline this year. But no, he didn't do that. He could have went to uh, Tampa and played with a team that has some very good players, although they're not playing their greatest this year. He had a $7 million six-year contract guaranteed there, and he said no. So, um, you know, for all you people mad at Doug Armstrong, I do understand that. 
I, I do think there were a few other opportunities that are not out there in the, in the papers that Doug Armstrong had with Shattenkirk that he did not take, and he is forced to take this deal. And although it's not a very good deal, I don't think for the Blues, uh, at least right now, you know, we're talking to mainly picks here. Uh, the Blues um, may end up getting a good pick. You know, if, if they do end up trading him or if Shattenkirk continues to play well, you know, maybe they'll get a, a decent pick out of this in one of those conditional picks. I don't know. But the Blues had to do something. In my mind, if I was uh, them, I wouldn't have traded you Monday night. I really wouldn't have. I would have waited not necessarily to last minute, but at least to late Tuesday to see how desperate Pittsburgh or the Rangers were. Cause there were talk, uh, there was talk that, um, Malkin was actually in a deal and I know he makes a pretty good amount of money, but, uh, you know, there's a big, 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 uh, uh, positive when you trying to get uh, a goal scorer like that to come to your team. And, uh, you know, maybe they could have signed him for a couple more years. I know he's getting older, but that would have been uh, something that might have been worth it. But uh, they went ahead and traded him early on the 27th and didn't wait till the trading deadline and got what I guess they feel they had to do. And in uh, some interviews, uh, they have basically said that, uh, you know, this is a different team and they're trying to move forward in a different direction. In fact, let's go ahead and go to the interview uh, with uh, Doug Armstrong that uh, Chris Kerber of the Blues had uh, after this trade explaining why the Blues uh, did what they did and why they made the trade with the Capitals as opposed to someone else. Doug, the uh, much anticipated movement of Kevin Shattenkirk finally happened. How did the deal come about? Well, it was something that uh, really started last year at uh, at the entry draft. I went to Kevin and we, we talked about potential and extension. Uh, he was available for one on July 1st, an eight-year extension, and he just felt that at that time that uh, he needed a different challenge and he wanted to test free agency so the ball started rolling on different scenarios of a sign and trade or or trade at last year's entry draft and uh, that didn't happen uh, and we were in really no rush to make it happen uh, Kevin's a heck of a player and and uh, we we welcomed him back with open arms and as the season progressed uh, we, we got to the trade deadline our team was you know in a precarious playoff spot and in, in uh, I think it's eighth position tonight and uh, it just felt that uh, where we are and where we need to go, it was time to make a move. What made this the right deal for you? Uh, well, obviously, uh, we, we talked to all the teams and we wanted to, to, to acquire uh, uh, multiple assets, a player that we, we were, are excited about, and uh, we were able to, to do that. Um, with the emotion away from us in, in our, at our uh, Phoenix meeting in January, we, we go through everyone's roster and say, okay, what would we... what take all the all the prospects on the other teams who would we trade a first round pick for who would we trade a second round pick for and so when you get to these dates you have you have your list there and it's not built on emotion uh obviously we talked to a lot of teams and uh, uh the value for kevin was was dictated to us sometimes you uh the value of something that's uh, uh that you cherish isn't the value that maybe other people have and uh, uh we're excited about what we got for kevin and we wish kevin nothing but the best what can you tell us about zach sanford uh, he's a college player that came out after a sophomore season, uh, a big body, 6'3", 6'4", quite a bit like Tage Thompson, quite honestly. Uh, someone that's got soft hands and uh, needs to grow into his frame. Uh, our scouts were excited about him uh, uh, watching him in college and uh, someone that fits into that age group of the Fabries and the Parenkos and uh, the Edmondsons to move forward with. 
Right, what does this uh, deal mean for the St. Louis Blues long term? Kind of big picture. Yeah, well, I think uh, uh, when we got through last year's playoffs, knowing that we we're going to be entering unrestricted free agency with a number of players over the over you know a two or three year span. Uh, we wanted to turn the tide over to uh, to a different core group of players, and this just continues down that path. Is it fair to say that kind of the window of that one core kind of came? You had a good run. You get to all the way to conference finals, but free agency and, and, and the business side of it, it kind of forces the transition? Yeah, well, obviously that, that group of players that were here for, for five or six years, we, we were able to add really good players into that group. Uh, a Jay Bowmeister, uh, Troy Brower. Uh, and, and that, you know, you have to have, there's change in this game and, uh, all, all organizations go through it. Uh, you, you look at the teams that, uh, really haven't had change and that's, I would say that that's Chicago and Pittsburgh and consistently what they, what I see from them every night is Jonathan Taves, Kane, Keith and Hosa are the best players every time we play them. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang are the best players. And, and so they're able to absorb maybe uh, the change better than other teams. Uh, right now, we're trying to build that core where, where regardless of who's around them, so we need Tarasenko and Schwartz and Fabry and Perenko, uh, Petrangelo to become that group that can sustain whatever, whatever uh, teammates they're, they're given. And those are the guys that you need to be those best players night in, night out. Yeah, they have to be. Uh, that, that's how this game goes. Uh, uh, you're... Every team probably has six or seven players that they, and, and then they fill in around with character guys and other guys that support that. But uh, to, to be successful, your best players have to be your best players every night. So that was Doug Armstrong on the trade of uh, Kevin Shattenkirk to the Washington Capitals. I know the Capitals are very, very happy. I believe in his debut last night, Tuesday the 28th against the Rangers. I think he had six shots on goal. Uh, played a pretty good game, didn't get any points or score any goals. And uh, he uh, was quoted as saying it's a, it's a different system and he's just got to get used to it. He's still used to doing things uh, the Blues way. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to do very well for Washington. Will he sign there uh, long term? I think that's going to depend on how well they do in the playoffs. If he gets to a Stanley Cup with them, um, I think he'll definitely consider it. If he gets to the third round with them, he'll consider it. I think if they're one and done and he really doesn't do over the Capitals, I think he's going to test free agency. And I, I don't blame him either way. Um, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into uh, the non-Kevin Shattenkirk area and do the game recap for the Blues versus the Oilers. Uh, going into this game after winning five in a row with uh, Coach Mike, uh, the Blues have not played uh, at their best. They've lost three in a row, lost a couple tough games that were close. But still, their losses, they're looking to uh, get back in the win column against a very young, fast, uh, up-and-coming Edmonton team that uh, is uh, really looking to go far in the playoffs this year. Uh, both teams would come out. Uh, I think Edmonton looked a little faster to the puck. They looked like they wanted a little bit more. Both goalies were standing strong early, but Talbot had the hot hand to keep the Blues off the board with just great saves such as these. Was behind them. Bowmeister keeps it in, puts it to the middle. PRB with it now. Pass for Stastny. Stastny backhand pad saved by Talbot. Petrangelo's shot is blocked. Tarasenko with it now. Nugent Hopkins and Latestu up front. Griba and Nurse on the blue line. Steen steps into a shot and Talbot makes the save. Talbot was standing tall early, but the Blues got a power play opportunity and they took advantage of it on this goal by Paul Stastny. Angelo. On for Steen. Schwartz screens in front. Now for Schwartz in the slot. To Petrangelo. The drive. He scores! 
power play goal. Once that power play gets things settled down, they are as dangerous as any power play unit. They did that, and Petrangelo, looking to his right, decides to let her rip. Head up all the way, a deflectable type of shot. And on the back end, just a beautiful redirection there by Stastny. Taking it on the heel of the stick, and that puck's intended to go to the right. He tips it. A great goal by Stasny, and these are the type of goals that you've really been expecting from Stasny this year. He's been the guy that has been in front of the net, taking that punishment, getting those rebounds, and putting those goals in. That would be a 16th goal of the year, Petrangelo's 22nd assist. Jaden Schwartz gets his 24th assist, and the Blues get a power play goal to take a one to nothing lead. It wouldn't last very long. Uh, the Blues just had a little bit of a breakdown, and uh, Milan Lucic... Puts a puck by uh, Jake Allen that I think Jake would like to have back, and Jake probably should have saved uh, to tie the game at one apiece. It's the line, but a chance for Everly on the counterattack. I guess Joel Edmondson drops it to Lucic, fires a shot, and scores. Milan Lucic ties the game with his second straight goal in two games. He's got 14 on the season, and we've got a 1 1 tie. Just the work in the neutral zone, the back check by Ryan Nugent Hopkins helps turn this. And then they're on their way. Jordan Everly always poised with the puck and then shoot the puck. You love level where guys shoot the puck. From his reaction, Jake Allen's reaction, I'm not sure if he was screened or it was tipped. It doesn't look like it, but it looks he, he right away turns his head at his defenseman. So, Just a terrible, terrible goal to give up just 44 seconds after you take the lead one to nothing. Looked just like it was going to be a harmless shot by Lucic. And Jake Allen did look kind of shocked that it went in. I don't know if he was screened. It didn't look like he was screened. But he did kind of stare at the, the defenseman and just kind of looked funny. And it, I guess it doesn't matter whether he looked funny or not. Uh, Lucic puts it past him and the game is tied at one apiece. That would be Lucic's 14th goal, Eberle's 25th assist, and Nugent Hopkins gets his 18th assist. And we're tied at one apiece. Both teams would have opportunities in the first period to, to take control of the game. And I don't think either team really wanted to. So we weren't quite sure what was going to happen going out of the first period into the second period. We know the Blues' history of sometimes giving up late goals. They didn't give up one late in the first period, but, man, they gave up one super early in the second period on this power play goal just 41 seconds in to give Edmonton a 2-1 to lead. Now to Kleppbaum. Kleppbaum waits, gives it to Drysaddle. Drysaddle quickly gets it back again. Here's McDavid's shot, and Allen comes across. The puck is still alive. Allen scrambles back in front, not in time. It a 2-1 game. A power play goal for the Oilers, and they take the lead. The puck was a little slow getting over to Connor McDavid, but he gets the best he can on the shot, but then he stays with it, makes a smart play. Very methodical power play for the Edmonton Oilers with the 5-on-3. The puck's a little slow getting across, but then the puck just sat between the pads of Jake Allen, and a heads-up play by McDavid. Mark Letestu does the smart thing as well. The puck was bouncing. There's the puck just sitting there. Legs splayed by Jake Allen. And the heads-up play by Connor McDavid, Mark Letestu, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. And the Oilers take the lead early in the second. 
Good goal if you're an Oilers fan. Bad goal if you're a Blues fan. Just 41 seconds in. Five on three power play. And those just kill you. I don't care if you're going against a team that has the number one power play in the league or the team that has the number 18th. A five on three is normally not going to work out very well for you. Uh, that goal was Mark Letestu's 13th. Connor McDavid, uh, 51st assist. Oh, my God. Nugent Hopkins, 19th assist. And as I said, it was just 41 seconds into the second period. And Edmonton takes the 2-1 to one lead on the power play goal. Uh, the key in this second period, guys, it was going to be goaltending. Talbot played well, but man, Jake Allen really stood on his head to keep this just a one-goal game for the Blues. The test to a five-on-three goal here in the second. Edmonton up by one. And Tarasenko checked and cast it away for Edmonton. He comes in and a drive and a good blocker save by Jake Allen. And his pass goes to the Blues. Petrangelo for Perron back in his own zone. Look out. And McDavid came in and almost stole it from Perron. Now centers it and a shot on goal by Dreisaitl. And a save by Jake Allen. Maroon lost his footing, carried along by Nurse. And a high shot glove by Jake Allen. And he holds on. Jake Allen would keep the Blues at just down 2-1 to one in the second period with some great saves, including that last one with not much time left in the second period. Going into the third, you're hoping the Blues would start putting some pressure on Talbot. And they did. They put pressure on Talbot. But just as Jake Allen was up to the task in the second period, Talbot would be up to the task in the third period. Here's a giveaway. Backhand. Stopped by Talbot. Off the stick of Jaden Schwartz. Great chance earlier. Jaden Schwartz. His shot. Hits the side of the net. Hartland back up top. Bertuzzo shot. Stopped by Talbot, who's at the top of the blue paint. Nurse had knocked down Yuri Letera. Bobeister. Now to Stastny. Paul Stastny. Back up top. Tarasenko rips his shot. And Schwartz providing the screen, but Talbot made the save. Patrick Berglund. All the way back to the blue line, being shadowed there by Griba. Berglund throws it towards it. It's deflected. And Talbot comes up with another big save. Talbot stood tall in the third period with saves like those and kept the Blues from getting any more goals in this game. And Edmonton... Uh, wins this game two to one and goes three to three in their last six, and the Blues are win are losers of their last four in a row. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the stats of the game. We'll get into them here. Edmonton with a two to one lead uh, improves to thirty four twenty two and eight. The Blues fall to thirty one twenty six and five, and uh, really, really putting themselves in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. Shots on goal pretty even, Edmonton 25, the Blues 26. Both uh, teams had two power play opportunities. The Blues and Edmonton both capitalized on one of those. Face-offs, the Blues uh, won that battle 59% to 41%. Lucic gets his 14th goal for Edmonton. Letestu adds a power play goal when they had that five on three at the beginning of the second period. That was his 13th goal. Nugent Hopkins has two assists. Connor McDavid has an assist, and Talbot makes... 25 saves on 26 shots on the blue side. Uh, Stasny gets a power play goal, of 16th. Petrangelo gets an assist, and Schwartz gets an assist. And Jake Allen made 23 out of 25 saves. Just, uh, just not a great game for the Blues. They did play well at times, but uh, you know, guys, they really need to really start playing hard 
for 60 minutes a game or they're not going to make these playoffs. It's sad for me to say it, but uh, it's it's just a fact. Let's go ahead and go into the post-game press conference where we'll hear from uh, David Perron, uh, Alex Petrangelo, and also Coach Mike on this uh, 2-1 to loss against the Oilers. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like we generated as much as we should 5-on-5. Uh, five five. I think we, we got another level there, and we got to dig deeper and um, get the inside a little bit more, and uh, that uh, starts with myself also. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to get into. It seemed like... They were keeping you on the perimeter and on the outside a lot. Was it just was it difficult getting yeah, on the interior? I guess there's two debate there. I think the one is we got our face against the wall a lot and we're trying to get possession, trying to get some zone time, and then we'll get we'll move to the inside. And I, I think it's uh, I don't think we're doing a good enough uh, job to to win those battles. And then from there, once we do get that, we got to get to the inside more. And uh, like I said. Uh, I think it's uh, something I can do better also. I know that's the way games always go, but a little more pressure in the third period. Yeah. What you feel like you're starting to do? Yeah, I think so. It's just um, it's pretty frustrating when I think we it's a 2-1 game. we got to find a way to step up. And, uh, like, uh, there's we should have uh, also more more shots on that, I think. And uh, that's something we we got to keep uh, building here. I know all, all games have their own merit, but... Uh... Seems like with with these four games, each time the points were there to be had. Yeah, it's, come away with nothing. it's frustrating. I think, uh, I uh, like I said, we got to dig deeper in the ozone. I think the demon were doing a really good job tonight to support us uh, and keep boxing and things like that. And um, I think uh, like it's we we haven't scored a five on five goal tonight, so it wasn't good enough. Lost what four in a row now. Got to find a way to score some goals. I mean, uh, you know, we gave up two tonight. Jake made some big saves. But uh, we got to find a way to get some, you know, ugly goals. It's uh, something that we got to find a way to get around the net, take more shots. And uh, No, go ahead. Yeah, it's been a theme for, you know, a while now. I think we're getting a lot of good chances. We just got to find a way to score some ugly ones because some nights it's just not, you know, you're going to make good plays and it's not going to go in. We got to find a way to, uh, you know, get the puck in the back of the net no matter what it takes. Has that been a common theme in these four games, you feel like? Well, it's been, I mean, we got to do more of uh, little things. I think we can be a little, you know, more aggressive. And um, I think we're sitting back a little more than we need to, especially on our own end. So uh, that combo not scoring is not really a good recipe. Some of the power plays tonight were effective, but five on five. They're like in the first two periods, I think you had eight shots on goal, five on five. We started the game well, we got away from it there at the end of the first, and they took the momentum, uh, obviously, with that power play. Um, we had some spurts there, especially at the end of the second two, where we had some good ozone time. We were playing the way we wanted to play, and um, you know, again, we're getting zone time. We just got to find a way to get to the net and score some goals. When you had the winning streak, you were guys were taking the lead a lot. You you, you took the lead, and then it was 44 seconds or something, and you haven't had the lead much in the last three games. Yeah, again, like I said, it's when you're not scoring, it's tough to you know have the lead, but that's just a small part of it. I think. Uh, there's a bigger picture here. We need to, um, you know, be more aggressive and, um, you know, get off our heels and, and uh, you know, start forcing the tempo and forcing the play a bit. Are you looking forward to jumping on with that first power play unit? Yeah, that's all. I mean, I mean, I know the way a lot of the guys play. I mean, we look, we've played together for five years now, most of us. I've had a lot of opportunities to watch them this year. They've been together for a while. So uh, transition, you know, felt okay tonight. I'm... Um, obviously, uh, 
we got one there, but it would have been nice to get another one. That was a game that was there for us. Uh, obviously, we need to we need to make a play. We need to find a way, you know, whether it's a, a shot with the net front, with the guys driving the net, whether it's one of those, uh, you know, we, we need to score one of those dirty goals in those situations, but we also find a, have to find a way to make a play. Are you getting into the hard areas enough? Or no, not, not enough. I thought, you know what, I, I thought uh, our first period, um, you know, that to me, uh, when I look at the game, it's our first period again, it's uh, it's similar. We have a great start. Um, but when they when they scored, you know, mistakes happen in the game. And when they scored, all of a sudden we just we started watching them. It was like we were waiting for the next bad thing to happen and we stopped playing. And uh, and so that was the difference in the game, because at that point they, they drew the five on three and uh, and obviously we got the go ahead goal. Second period, we started to get more on our toes and, and get after them, um, and uh, but not nearly enough shots, not nearly enough uh, offensive, uh, you know, net front presence. Uh, and then third period was was a little bit better, but uh, unfortunately, it's too little, too late. Yeah, well, that, that's you know what that we we earned back our confidence in in those games, and that's what we're going to have to do right now too. And, uh, you know, like it, it, for me, the biggest thing was is we started to play in the third period, but we can't wait for that point. Um, you know, I'm okay losing games, it, but we're going to go down swinging. But if, if we're losing games and we're not throwing it all out there, if we're not going all in, then that's, that's, that's not enough. And so, uh, like I said, we'll, the, the wins will come. I'm far more uh, focused on our game and our attitude. And, uh, and like I said, wins will come when we take care of that. Yeah, he's. I think he's okay. Um, you know, he's uh, twisted his ankle a little bit, but uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be anything at all. Something that Coach Mike said that to me is key this year. When something bad happens, a lot of times with this team, and it's not been as pronounced as and out there when uh, since Coach Mike took over, but when something bad happens, this team tends to start watching instead of going to the puck instead of being. Uh, you know, trying to make something happen, they're reactive instead of proactive. And in this game, when you become reactive, you're going to lose games. Uh, and, uh, you know, they just have not put a lot of, uh, I would say, full 60-minute games together this year. I think they've played well in the five wins uh, since uh, Coach Mike took over. There was probably a game or two in there where they were pretty solid for 45 to 60 minutes of the game. You know, I, I, I thought they looked pretty good. But in these last four losses, they've had glimpses. Glimpses of looking good, uh, just uh, other times looking bad, looking out of it. And um, they really need to focus as a team. They need to start attacking the puck. They need to start getting better chances. Yeah, they're getting shots, and sometimes they're getting some good chances. But they need to make better chances happen and as I said in the press conference, not enough dirty goals, not enough guys down there fighting hard for that puck and continually fighting on a consistent basis. It happens sometimes, but for the most part, it's not. And when you play like they did last night uh, for most of the game, you're going to lose games. Uh, you know, third period, they came on and really tested Talbot, but they weren't able to get anything past him, and that's why they, uh, you know, just – continue to lose these last couple games. 
Let's uh, hope they can move forward. Uh, their next game is going to be against Winnipeg Friday, March 3rd. So they got a couple days off. They got Wednesday, Thursday, and then they'll be hitting it uh, Friday in um, Winnipeg. Hopefully they can come out and win. Winnipeg's battling for a playoff spot. The Blues are battling to try to stay in one of the wild card spots. And then they'll have a game two days later against Colorado and then Minnesota. So, you know, Minnesota is going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard. It's going to be a hard game. Colorado's got nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. I'm sure they would love to beat the Blues to try to keep them out of the playoffs. The Blues have to fight that. And hopefully we'll see some fight out of them in that game. I want to thank everybody for joining me for uh, this uh, uh, episode of the Drop Podcast uh, where we discuss the Kevin Shattenkirk trade and, of course, the game recap of the Blues versus Oilers. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Make sure uh, you check out our new website, uh, droppodcast.com. We will be updating it daily when it needs to be updated with either new episodes or new news concerning the Blues or the rest of the NHL. Until next time, I am your host, Lance Descott. Let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or download this episode and past episode on iTunes, ShoutEngine.com, and Stitcher.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about LineUpMedia.fm or the Drop Podcast, email us at info at LineUpMediaGroup.com or at theofficialdrop at gmail.com. Until next time, let's go blues!